Hello, and welcome to Smart Poker Study. My name is Sky Matsuhashi, and let's get to it. So today's podcast Q&A is a little different than normal. Yesterday on May 4th, may the 4th be with you, by the way, I held a, a member-only Q&A for my Poker Forge members. I went through about 12 questions in total. This podcast audio, I've stripped out three questions and answers from that segment. The first question is all about um, playing pocket kings, whether or not to play them fast or slow, and what about pocket kings versus aces. The second question on donk betting. The third question is on using push-fold charts for MTT play. I hope you enjoy it. Please go to the show notes page, smartpokerstudy.com slash pod 389, so you can see the questions and answers right there, and follow along as you listen. Okay, let's do this. Gambate! What do you say we cut the chit-chat a-hole? Well, uh, welcome to the first Q&A of May, right? We're doing four different Q&As at different times through this month. Um, so like the video is recording. So this will be posted in the Poker Forge tomorrow. If you guys that are on the call right now want to uh, come back and rewatch it. But if not, you know, you're going to get all the information here. And I have eight different questions sent in by different people. And I've already kind of typed out some answers, but I'm just going to go through the spreadsheet read their questions, give my answers, also give an action step with each. And that's one of the key things. When I do Q&As, I often kind of forget to give an action step, right? Like I want to answer your question, give you strategy information, but then give you something to do, actually take action with on the felt or in your studies to help you, uh, you know, improve your skills. So we're just going to get started at the top. Uh, Nectario, Sabine, Mark, if you guys at any time want to chime in, if you have an additional question, a follow-up question, a comment for yourself, just feel free to speak up. And then Nectarios, just unmute your microphone when you're ready, you know? Cool beans. Thank you very much, guys. So the first question comes to us from Simon. He says, what should I do with Pocket Kings pre-flop when I get four bet or if someone goes all in? He had two questions. Number one is, should I just call the four bet or should I go all in? For me, my answer to this is to go all in. Most of us here in the Poker Forge and myself, I play 10 NL and 25 NL games you know, you got a lot of really weak opponents that you're up against, right? And if they have pocket queens, jacks, tens, ace, king, ace, queen, they're going to have a hard time folding versus your four bet or your five bet shove. So one of the things I've always says, or I've always said is uh, go for value while the getting's good. You got pocket kings. He just four bet you. He means business too. He probably four bet to like 40 big blinds. You might as well just go all in with the five bet. No slow playing. I don't see any reason to call. And maybe some people, when they face the four bet with Kings, they'll call. And if there's no ace on the flop, then they feel free to get it in. But pre-flop, like I said, your opponents are getting in with jacks, tens, queens, weaker hands. Just go for it right then and there. Get that value while the getting's good. And the second, is there ever a spot where I fold pocket Kings to a five bet? I think in theory, this is always a call, but it feels like when I call, I always face rockets. In cash games, never. I don't even know that there could be a theory as to when you should fold. You could potentially fold if you've played with a player and you've seen 5,000 hands on him and every four bet or five bet was only done with aces. Then maybe you can fold. But those are few and far between. You're never going to find a guy like that. You're never going to know an opponent that good. So just get it in with pocket kings. Now, in tournaments, theoretically, yes, you can fold with pocket kings. And even like, um, what was it, Phil Helmuth, he once said, 
for the World Series of Poker main event. If he was dealt pocket kings and someone shoved on him in the beginning, he would fold pocket kings. He might even have said he would fold pocket aces because his skill edge remaining in the tournament in the long run is better off for going that pocket kings, but then trying to win pots and win value over time with different hands. But theoretically, yes, if the payouts are important, if ICM is in place, if the tourney structure, like let's say you're playing a satellite where 10 people get seats, you're first in chips with pocket, or no, you're in middle of the pack with pocket kings, but three other players with shorter stacks go all in and it's the bubble, just fold your kings, let somebody knock them out, and then you win that tournament seat. So tournaments, yes, cash games for me, no. Now, this is an interesting idea. I thought about an action step for this. Simon had said, I feel like when I call, I always face rockets, you know, pocket aces. So your action step, Simon, and for anybody else, if you feel this way, run a filter in your database for pocket kings to see how many times you've been dealt kings. And let's take a look at this with my own filter. More filters, hand values, whole card range selection, and choose pocket kings. Now, pocket kings, I've been dealt 24 times, and I already went through this. I looked at all 24 of these times. Um, I was never up against pocket aces. There was one time right here where I checked and folded on an ace high board. Maybe he had pocket aces. I don't know. But at least getting it all in to showdown, I never saw pocket aces. That doesn't mean it doesn't happen out of 24 times. It's possible zero times, right? But so you want to run to see how many times you were dealt pocket kings. Then add a filter that you saw showdown. Go through the hands and count the number of times that you saw your opponent had pocket aces. My guess it's going to be very minimal. If you saw, if you were dealt pocket kings 100 times and got to showdown 100 times, you might be up against pocket aces once or twice. It's really not something to be concerned, not something to be worried about. All right. Second question from Nectarios. I have underestimated the donk betting. I saw that it's very efficient for me, especially from a stealing open raise. So I'm assuming you're in the big blind donk betting versus a button open raise. What do you think? Now, I do like the donk bet at the right time against the right players on the right boards and with the right sizing as well. You got to remember when you're donk betting, you're betting from out of position. And anytime you bet into somebody from out of position, they kind of have an easy way to exploit you. Number one, or so you need to believe that they can find a fold. It's very easy to exploit one and done donk betters, right? If you just make this the flop donk bet, and as soon as they call, you give up the turn, that's not a good plan, right? In general, it's not. What if you donk bet and then fold a lot to raises? Not a good plan either. So you want to look ahead before you donk bet to see how many streets you might have to do it for. Also, what I recommend is look for dry and small cardboards, like a 9-4-deuce rainbow. You could just imagine on the 9-4-deuce, it's not that wet of a board at all. You called pre-flop. You potentially had pocket fours, right? They have all of these suited broadways, off-suit broadways, aces, things that just completely whiffed on this board. King-10 can fold, queen-jack can fold, king-queen, ace-jack can fold on this board. Assuming that you are donk betting big enough, one of the key things that I look for to exploit donk betters is when they make small one or two big blind donk bets, I view those as blocking bets. Like they're making it so small in hopes that I fold or in hopes that they get to see the next card on the turn for very cheap, right? One of the ways that I exploit these players is I quite often raise them as a bluff or raise them for value, especially if that board is wet. If, for example, 
the board has um, a couple of hearts on it, they might have a flush draw that they're donk betting into me to try to see the turn really cheap to catch a heart. Well, I raise them, like imagine I just had pocket aces here. I'm raising for value, getting value out of a flush draw that's not going to be uh, folding, most likely against my bet. Now, you also want to look before you donk bet, like you always want to plan ahead, see if your opponent is going to fold. You want to look at his fold to flop C bet from in position. You're not C betting here, you're donk betting, but fold to flop C bet from in position tells you generally how they respond to bets when they are in position. If their fold to flop C bet is like 20% when in position, they're probably not going to fold to your donk bet. But if they fold to flop C bet 70%, well, they've shown a tendency to fold when in position. Your donk bet is more likely to succeed at that point. Also look at their fold to donk bet. Now, if you play on a site like Poker Stars, where you can develop hundreds and thousands of hands on a player, you could eventually see a fold to donk bet being really high, 40, 50, 60% for a big sample size right there. And just in general, if anybody is folding post-flop greater than 50%, it's a good idea to bluff them with that specific play. And then for your action step, Nectarios and everybody else, review your donk bets that got to showdown. So if you start experimenting with it, tag every hand where you donk bet and review them later. You want to ask, what did your opponent have when they called your donk bet? What is the worst hands that people call versus your donk bet? So you're basically doing analysis into what your opponents defend with, and that will help you make better donk bet bluffs in the future. Does anybody use the donk bet very successfully? I've I've noticed, Sky, that like I don't use donk betting very much, but I've noticed, or I look out for people who donk bet on paired boards or you know, sort of look for tells that you can exploit people on. Mm-hmm. Um, and quite often you can see that as a pattern, especially if you're on poker stars, like you said, you can sort of get an eye for that. And if you make your notes, um, just watch for people doing that. Cause there's lots of people that just try and exploit you with that. That's right. Huh? That's a good board to bluff on the paired board. Cause you automatically, not automatically, but you might think that, Oh, five, five, 10, he has a five. He's trying to get value out of me. Is that, is that what you think their plan for donk betting is? I think they're betting because they're, it's a hard to hit board. So you know, it's hard to call on a paired board because you're like, yeah, I'm worried that they might have the the trips or the set in that case. Um, but yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So let me ask you, Ron, when you encounter a player like that, you make a note on him, you know, he donk bets on paired boards. The next time he does it, if you're in the hand against him, what's your plan? What do you do? Yeah, it depends on the player. It depends a little bit more, but, you know, sometimes calling to see, like you said, the one and done as you were, as you were talking about there is, is quite often with some players, they, they try that on the flop. And and then if, if someone calls them or raises them, they're either out or they stop. Right. So they get more passive and you can take it, take it away from them on the turn or river. Yeah, definitely. I really like that play too. Chris said, I just purchased something for push fold and more for MTTs. I think it used Hold'em resources as a tool for putting in the push fold and maybe some other stuff. It has a matrix, but some of the hands in the matrix has less positive EV for each hand. And it goes down to like plus, that should be a point probably right there, plus 0.006. What would you take as an acceptable push positive EV like this as the lowest you would go? So I don't go with just anything positive And I pulled up an example. I just googled online for a push fold chart and i found this image right here let's zoom in just a little bit more 
So and I don't know. I mean, it's from upswing poker. So I'm assuming this was done meticulously and they know what they're doing. Right. So I'm assuming this is an accurate sh- uh, chart here. I've never used it. Haven't done any research, though. But what this does, this is a push fold chart. Um, this doesn't say the number of big blinds you're push folding, but let's just imagine this recommended at 10 big blinds. This is your pushing range right here. All of the green hands means it's positive EV or expected value to raise. For example, ace queen offsuit. If you shove with 10 big blinds right now, you can expect to make 3.62 big blinds every time you do it on average. So if you shoved it a million times over that million hands, you're going to make 3.62 big blinds each time. Now, what he was referencing is sometimes some hands like this, jack six suited, has only 0.07 positive expectations. So every time you shove with jack six, you're only making 0.07 big blinds. Not that worth it, right? So my answer to Chris is I generally, if I'm using a push fold chart, which I haven't used them for a long time, but back in the day, I always went at 0.2 or greater. So 0.2 big blinds or greater. You could even go one if you wanted to. If you wanted to play tighter, let's say the money on the line really matters to you and there's a lot of short stacks you're waiting for them to bust, go ahead and look for, uh, like restrict your shoving range a little bit more to positive one or even positive 0.5. So you would shove king six suited, but not the king five suited potentially. Now, one of the things here is, oh, like this range, for example, it recommends at 10 big blinds, remember, I just made up that number. I don't know what this chart was actually referencing. It's recommending you shove with that 38.2% range, all those boxed in green ones, and it doesn't recommend these. And it does definitely doesn't recommend any of the red uh, hands right here. All of these, you can expect to lose money if you shove with them. Like I said, I recommend 0.2 or better. Um, but one of the big things, if we take a look here, queen six, and a king eight offsuit. You can see it's only 0.21, 0.21 right here. If you're gonna shove, even at 10 big blinds with queen six suited, your goal is that everybody folds. If you're thinking about shoving in the cutoff and you got the button, small blind and big blind, and they're all big stacked players, you only have 10 and they're loose, big stacked players with 80 big blinds each, you could very likely get some very light callers right there. Even though queen six suited and king eight is in the chart, you might not want to shove because you ultimately want them to fold. They're not going to be folding all that often because of their big stacks and their fishiness, right? So take that into account before shoving. Make sure the remaining players can find a fold. And then the action step for this, for Chris and everyone else who plays tournaments, keep these charts in front of you as you play. And before shoving, gauge how likely the remaining players are going to fold. And then if you think everyone's going to fold, do it with the queen six suited, do it with king eight, do it with king six offsuit even, you know? The only way you're going to get comfortable using these charts and understanding them is by testing them out. So keep them in front of you for all short stack tournament situations. Thank you so much for listening. I really do appreciate you spending some of your study time with me. Once again, go to the show notes page, smartpokerstudy.com slash pod 389 for the show notes for this episode, as well as the show notes for some other Q&A episodes too. 
And of course, if you're not a member of the Poker Forge, what are you waiting for? ThePokerForge.com is where you need to go. Monthly Q&As, monthly member-only tournaments, nine masterclass courses, everything that you need to become the winning player that you want to be. I'll see you there at ThePokerForge.com.